What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Mo back with another episode of Up in Flames. I got two special guests in the building today. Of course, you guys know the NFL draft is tomorrow, so we're going to be talking some NFL draft. But let me introduce you to my guests. I got the networks, the off the ball networks quarterback whisperer, and my guy, Thad Bell. Thad, what's going on, bro? What's good? What's good, man? 24 hours till draft day. Let's get it. Yeah, 100%. I'm excited. I'm typically, you know, I'm all in on draft day, uh, but I think it's just something about, it's something in the air about this draft, a lot of moves to be made, but you know, we're going to get into it. And then I got, you know, the king of all kings, I got the president, Chris LeBron of the Off the Ball Network, the man with the plan, the guy that's made all this possible in the building. Chris, what's going on, bro? Hey, man, what's going on, fellas? It's a pleasure to be on, you know. Had some, uh, had, a, had a little rough day with the podcasting world, but you know how that goes, but a uh, pleasure to be on you fellas. Yeah, 100%. And you know, some days be better than others, but the NFL draft, like we said, 24 hours away, right around the corner is finally here. I mean, this is every sports fan's holiday. So, you know, let's get right into it. Let me give the introduction. First topic, we're going to talk about our very own teams. Chris, straight out of New York, being a New York Giants fan. That being a big-time Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I know he's dedicated because he's like the only Jaguars fan I know. And everybody who knows me <laughs> knows, of course, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. So that's what we're going to talk about first. Chris, we're going to start with your New York Giants. The draft, the first round, 24 hours away, obviously the first round is the most important. That's where your highlight, you know, instant impact player gets picked. You guys have the number 11 pick. What what does Gettleman do to be a W with the 11th pick? What are your expectations? What is a win for the New York Giants tomorrow in the first round? A win. Oh man, this team this team still needs a lot. So um, I don't know if they can win it in the first round over this draft. They only got six picks too. So I think uh, I think they trade down candidates for sure. I think that's definitely a possibility. But um, a win, I mean, getting a maybe give me a maybe getting a lineman in this draft, getting another lineman. Obviously, they took Andrew Thomas. They got Pruitt from um, uh, from UConn last year, so they, so they got they started building last year. But definitely some interior help would be beneficial, especially with Saquon coming back from the ACL. You want to give him as much room to run, you know, Daniel Jones as much time in the pocket. But there's a chance these wide receivers might drop, you know. Waddle Smith. I mean, even though that's not Gettleman's not you know type of guy to take small wide receivers. I mean, it, it'll be hard to pass up on those guys. So it, the Giants are in an intriguing spot. They they need defensive line help. Um, getting an edge rusher would be you know beneficial too. Maybe another linebacker to pair with Blake Martinez. So the Giants could be in a few spots. You know. Um, as far as needs, but um, I don't know. I honestly don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. So uh, I'm very intrigued, man. It, it's, they can go a few ways, but a win would be, you know, you know, taking a tackle, taking another tackle, or, or maybe one of these series. I'd be happy with that. Or even Michael Parsons, too, would be great, too. I yeah, uh, you know, speaking of your Giants, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. So, of course, I got to give my take. I would love nothing more. Then get them in to basically screw this up and, you know, take the wrong pick. But at number 11, I don't know if there's really a wrong pick. You know, uh, we'll get into it later, but obviously this is like a very intriguing draft as far as quarterbacks. We looking at, what, five quarterbacks being taken in the top 10 as a very high possibility. Looks like, obviously, the first three picks are quarterback. Um, we know Denver just made a move today that thinks – we that would take them out of the quarterback race. That would be the assumption that they're not going to go quarterback this year, but it's still a very high possibility. We don't know what they're going to do. Um, so I think, you know, you're talking about an office of heavy draft. You're talking about, you know, getting a linebacker, AK, you know, our guy, Jeff has y'all taking Michael Parsons, you know, based on the network mock draft. I think that would be a solid pick, arguably the best, one of the best defensive players in this draft, you know, on draft day, obviously we have to let it play out, but he's one of the most, he's one of the best draft defensive draft prospects on day one. We expect him to make instant impact. 
But you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'm a I'm a hate a little bit. I'd love for y'all to get it wrong. I'd love to see like Rondell Moore at number eleven, or you know, something crazy with Waddle sitting there. I just love for him to find something in a guy who we didn't even think it'd be a reach to get in the first round. But in all in all honesty, I think you got I think to me, you got to put weapons around Daniel Jones. Uh, they haven't really been getting the job done. You say the names that he has, and you would assume that. He has a pretty good core. Evan Ingram never really amounted to much. Uh, Darius Slayton had like one good year, been battling injuries. Sterling Shepard hasn't been able to stay on the field, you know, consistently. It's like your wide receiver group has basically been downhill since the departure of Odell Beckham. And like you said, I mean, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts, to me, are the only sure locks of receivers or offensive weapons that will go in the top ten. After that, I think you very well could see a uh, Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith both available uh, after, you know, at 11. So I think either one of those would be very intriguing. You guys, uh, I feel like, you know, Giants Nation is kind of questionable, but the jury hasn't ruled out on Daniel Jones yet. And I think the best way to weigh in on a guy, though, is, is put the right weapons around him or else he turns into Sam Darnold and never gets a fair shot. Dad, what do you think about the Giants? Uh I think they have a couple of moves to make. You know, like like Chris said, Blake Martinez needs a little bit of help. They could potentially go receiver, potentially go O-line to uh, help him out. But I like your point about Daniel Jones. It's the same thing I think the Dolphins are going to do with Tua, surround him with another weapon to see if he really has it. Because um, there were some rumors that they would move on from him, but they're going to give him another shot. And I see them doing the same thing with Daniel Jones. I think they'll know by Thanksgiving. If One more year. This yeah. is it for him. I think this is – this is uh, do or die for him. This is make a break for him. He, do you, you think know, they'll know like if he's the guy by Thanksgiving midseason? I think so. They're gonna listen. They just got Kenny Galladay, right? You know, you, he's you a number expect, one. I think he's, you know he's a really good receiver, right? Led the league in touchdowns a few years ago. You know, Saquon's coming back. You know, whether he's healthy or not, we'll, we'll see. But he's coming back. You know, an improved offensive line. You still got weapons. Engram's in a in a contract season, so he might ball out. We've seen that, right? We've seen guys in contract years ball out. Still got Shepard. You know, if they add another receiver, you know, Waddle or or, um, or, the, or Smith or you know whoever, they, they they're giving him every reason to succeed, right? They got all the weapons. If he's not it, then they're really gonna have to figure out, you know, what's the plan moving forward. Because I wasn't sold on him. Still not completely sold on them. That's not who I would have selected. I mean, we could do a whole show about how the Giants have messed up the draft and what I wanted them to do, you know, going back to the, the Saquon draft where they took him number two. And, you know, you know, uh, Mo knows how I feel about that. So, you know, it, it, it's it's a really important season. You know, this could be – this is it for Gettleman. If this team is under 500 again, and I think last season was kind of like a – Listen, we all know how the division went, right? Seven and nine won a division. To me, that was it. This just because the Giants were a game out of it doesn't really mean that they were, you know, a really a playoff team, right? Mm-hmm. It's just because the division was kind of lame. You know, they they were where their record was, and you know, so they they need a lot of this team needs a lot. So this is a really big season, and it all starts with Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones regresses or he's the same, it, it's uh, I think it's uh, it's time to move on. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, I think there's just I think there's a lot riding on all of our team. Uh but, you know, let's 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 talk to, you know, the guy who ultimately gets the number 1 pick in the draft. Got a brand new head coach. They get the number 1 pick. We know what direction they're going. Let's talk about, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That I'm a, you know, I'm going to let you talk about this. What is the expectation, you know, Obviously, you have two first-round picks. We know where you're going, you know, pick number one overall. Uh, I think it'd be the biggest surprise in draft history if it went anything other than Trevor Lawrence. But I want to more talk about your expectation for Trevor Lawrence. Also, what where you want to see them go with their second first-round pick. So I'm going to give you the floor to, you know, lead us into your Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, Trevor Lawrence, he had some of the highest expectations since John Elway and Peyton Manning, so – I'm expecting big things, not immediately. I'm expecting something like I'm a realistic fan. I'd say seven and nine year one, I, something I'll be okay with as long as we compete. So 
you know, it's just going to take some time uh, getting used to the NFL. I think Trevor Lawrence will have a smooth transition, though. He's a hard worker, internally motivated. So I, I see big things coming from him. I expect a lot, but not I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to just expect him to come out like Pat Mahomes did in his second year. Uh, but year two, year three, I expect stuff like that. But with the 25th overall pick, there's a lot of ways I think we could go. I want us to add another receiver as an offensive type person. But if we get if we're able to get Mo Rig with pick 25 and then turn around with pick 33 and get potentially somebody like Terrence Marshall or Elijah Moore, somebody if they can possibly slip that far, that'd be a hit for us. And we have two. I mean, we have four total picks in the top 60, so you got to make them right. Um, I think if we can do that, we'll be set up for success and potentially go D line. I see us going after Christian Baltimore, but we got a guy from Ohio State you might know, Devon Hamilton. He's okay, but I feel like if we go D line, D tackle, I wouldn't be mad either. It's a, it's a couple of ways we could go. And I think we're set in some other spots. Like, even though we went 1-15, we have some good young players in some spots. Like, I think we're set at cornerback. Uh, running back, we're set. O-line, we could potentially add one. Linebacker, we're set. We just need a couple of key pieces to turn it around. So, um, this that that pick 25 and pick 33, and then I think we also have pick 45. Those are going to be game changers because those are all going to be people that touch the field they want. So, we got to hit on them. Yeah, and and – that's the thing that you said that people, you know, you, you got to really know football and understand the game to understand. You look at Jacksonville's roster, they not that bad. They got enough that if they start building, they got something there. They got, you know, DJ Chark, who's a good wide receiver one, uh, my, my, in my opinion. We know what the LSU wide receivers do. Uh, James Robinson, you know, he, he was a hell of a running back this year. Um kind of you know what undrafted if i'm not mistaken undrafted, yeah. hell of a running back goes towards what you know our guy jeff you know he hates running backs and basically you know james robinson those type of players are the testament to why you don't have to use your first round pick to get a running back there you there are a dime a dozen you find them anywhere undrafted second third fourth round you know i, I don't want to say running back is the easiest position to play because it's not but it just seems like the position that ends up being the deepest because you find those guys everywhere. Wide receiver is starting to really become that also. You don't have to take a wide receiver early. You're going to find one of these guys. It's such a talented and deep position. You're going to find one of these guys in the right scheme. They're going to fit perfectly. You know, like you said, y'all said it, linebacker. Could use another D lineman. Never, never wrong to take an offensive lineman, you know, with y'all second, first round pick. When you have Trevor Lawrence, you know, we've been pitching it on our mock draft. Uh, protect your investment. That's the biggest thing. That's what we expect Cincinnati to do, whether they do it or not is the question. But the expectation is that you have a young quarterback that you say this is your guy, the future, protect them. How do you protect them? You get a top-notch offensive line. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those old linemen slipped it's a very top-heavy offensive line class in the first two rounds. There's going to be some big hitters there that are going to make an impact and be starting offensive linemen on day one of whatever roster they are. I think as you get deeper, you know, I think it falls off. I think the talent falls off a little more at O-line, but I think in the first two rounds, a lot of those guys, you know, we could go through the names, but a lot of those guys will probably be impact starters on day one First and second round that go as offensive lineman. Maybe somebody surprises us in camp. But then, like you said, Mo Rig, that's an intriguing pick. I mean, safety, people don't realize safety is such a valuable position in the NFL because it allows your corners to play certain types of defense. It allow it changes your scheme when you have a great safety. I mean, we could talk about some of the electric, uh, the, some of the most electrifying defenses in NFL history. They all had great safeties. I mean, we talk about the Bucks, John Lynch. Uh, we talk about the Patriots. We talk with Rodney Harrison. We talk about we we go down the line of elite defenses. You know, the Seahawks, the Legion of Boom had Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor back there as safety. It changes the way you can schematically play defense because you can play a little more press man coverage when you got a safety who can play over the top and protect you know that deep third the deep middle i think Morg would be perfect but i'm not opposed to if terrace marshall's sitting there uh y'all know i love terrace marshall i also love a rashard bateman you know if either one of them guys are sitting there what would be better than to have dj chark and then a Bateman or Marshall on the opposite side for Trevor Lawrence to throw the ball to. We expect this guy to be a gem 
you know, um, right off the bat. I'm not going to say he's going to turn y'all around and be 10 and 6 or 10 and 7, 11 and 6 this year. You know, there's 17 games. But I do think Jacksonville has something good to build on. Obviously, a new coach, a new culture. We're going to see how Urban Meyer adjusts to the NFL. But, Chris, what do you think? What, what do you think? Jacksonville should be looking to do more so with their second first round pick because we know Trevor Lawrence, the consensus number one. We we know Trevor Lawrence is a lock. We could get into what we think he'll be, but we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, um, like that said, I mean, um, they can go safety, you know, get that leader in the safety, you know, with Mulrig. I like Mulrig a lot. I mean, I saw, I know Chris Sims' safety's, uh, uh, his, uh, his rankings have been like the hot topic, and I don't think he had Morig as a top five safety, which is kind of silly. Like that doesn't even make sense. Like, um, like I don't get it. But I think Morig is definitely a first round pick. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Like, you mm-hmm. know, he's definitely the top safety in this draft. You know, in my opinion. So I think they can go away. They can see if they can get another receiver. Like, um, you know, they they can go a few ways. You know, I, I like the Jaguar. I think their future is bright. You know, um. I like I would I you know maybe in the later rounds like round three or four get a Brevin Jordan from Miami, get him a nice tight end. Like I think there's yeah, no tight end. I think, yeah, you guys don't have no tight end. So getting him like that, nice develop like a guy like he was great. You know, obviously he had he dealt with injuries, Brevin Jordan throughout his career and bad quarterback play. I think he's he could be a potential sleeper. You can get him in, in the round three or four. I mean, you can get a potential starter like that. So I think the Jaguars, um, obviously Lawrence is number one. I think if they get Mulrig, that's two starters right there, you know. And then you can get a Brevin Jordan. You, you know, the Jaguars, like you said, they got a lot of picks in the top, you know, uh, first three rounds. I think the Jaguars are going to be in good shape. I think the future's bright. They get that quarterback position settled. You know, that's a winnable division too. So, you know, they could be a quick. We've seen quick turnarounds. Hey, the the Colts did it right. They got Andrew Luck, and then they get to the play eleven to five year one. So, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen with the Jags, but. I wouldn't be shocked if, if we if they turn it around quicker than you know people think because I like the foundation they built and obviously Trevor Lawrence at quarterback is a ma- massive upgrade you know over you know I'm sorry Gardner you know the stash was cool and all that but you know uh, Lawrence is gonna do good and he's he's good for business too that I mean uh, I'm sure season ticket holders are, are oh, yeah. uh, went through the roof when they found out. He might make an appearance on AEW since the cons own AEW. You know, there's a lot. He might a top rope elbow. You know, no one don't go too crazy. But you know, I, I think the Jaguars are not one of these teams that had the number one pick. That like, oh, they need everything. You know, they they're they're in, they're in better shape than most number one picks. So number one teams with number one picks. So they, they'll be all right. One thing yeah. I want to add real quick. One thing I want to add. Chris is a being up in New York. Um, I know you've seen this guy play before. If we don't get Mo Rig, I'm okay with going with Andre Cisco. I think he's a quality player, and he's going to be a pretty decent pro uh, at Syracuse. Every time I watch him play, he jumped off the screen. So, kid from Syracuse, right? Yeah, he's good. If we don't, from Syracuse, if we don't right? get Mo Rig, I can see us getting him in potentially the second or third round because he's a baller. He yeah. led the FBS in uh, interceptions in 2018 as a freshman, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, and he's been somebody, you know, before – let me give my introduction. We talk about now. We about to talk about a winning team. We about to talk about a team that's about to turn it around and be big time this year. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Let's let's talk about my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Chris, I know it's about to hurt your heart. You being a Giants fan, we're both fans of the NFC least, probably the most wide open division in football. So let's talk about the team that's gonna win the most wide open division in football. We got the number ten pick. I'm, you know, you know which way I want to go. I'm all in on J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. I'm going to put a name to who I want to see. That's who I want to see in a Cowboys uniform this coming season. I want J.C. Horn. I think there's a possibility Patrick Sertan could be gone. Denver just got Teddy Bridgewater. I think they may be out of the quarterback race. Um, they they might have put themselves out of the quarterback race. Uh, you know, we had them take a trade Lance as a network, but obviously, you know, we, we do some of these mock drafts and then moves have happened, which made us really create a mock draft 2.0 because a lot of these moves that happen. So I think Patrick Sertan could be off. I don't know who Jerry Jones likes more out of Sertan and JC Horn. The only 
The only problem with the Cowboys, the whole world, the whole entire world will look at our roster and knows we need a corner. We need a defensive back. That's our need number one. You address your need number one in the first round. And we still, something tells me Jerry Jones is going to go offense. And I know we were, you know, he was intrigued with Kyle Pitts. I don't think, he, first off, I don't think he falls to 10. I think there's zero chance. I see Atlanta is all in on him. Um, so I think there's zero chance he falls into 10. If you'd asked me this a month ago, I said maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. Now I think there's zero chance. I think too many teams are all in. I think he's the one weapon teams would trade up for if they really could. If the price was right, I think certain teams would trade up to get a Kyle Pitts. But with him being so in love with Kyle Pitts, it makes me scared that he's in love with offense. And the biggest thing I look at, we just paid Amari Cooper. We have CeeDee Lamb, who's up for a payday next, and that's Michael Gallup. And what easier to not have to worry about that than get a receiver? We were just talking about with the Giants. It's possible we see a Devontae Smith and a Jalen Waddle both available, you know, at number 11 which will make both of them available at number 10. And we know Jerry Jones. We know he loves offense. We know he's a high-scoring guy. That's what he wants to see. He's get, he just paid Dak $40 million. He didn't pay him all that money to not win games. He didn't pay him all that money to hand the ball off to Zeke. We know we're going to have this air raid offense. And I think if Pitts was available at 10, I think you run to the, you run to the podium, Kyle Pitts, call it a day. When I look at, if you want to go offense, you look at your three wide receivers, you get a, a premier tight end who can also play wide receiver. But I just think there's zero chance. Something tells me he's interested in trading up if the price is right. I don't know what the price would be for him. I think it'd be too high, especially with Dallas and Jerry Jones. I just don't see anybody giving us any, like, you know, love on a deal to move up to get pits. But I'm just scared. I think J.C. Horn is the guy. That's the corner I love in this draft. Uh... We could talk. We talk about his stats. We've done that on the mock draft. He's he's been a lockdown corner. He's not necessarily a guy that creates turnovers, but when you're a lockdown corner, like how many times does Jalen Ramsey lead the league at interceptions? He doesn't. But when you look at his stats, he takes the team's best receivers out of games. That's all J.C. Horn has done his whole career at South Carolina. One one receiver has caught over 50 yards, has went for over 50 yards when guarded by J.C. Horn. And that was Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, and he had 61 yards against J.C. Horn. That's an interesting stat. And that goes with, I'm okay if you're not creating turnovers, if you're locking down the whole side of the field. Darrell Revis did not lead the league. He was the best, Revis Island, he was one of the best corners in the league for, what, five, six years, easily hands down the best corner. And you know what I'm saying? And he, uh... He didn't lead the league in interceptions. That's because he takes away a whole side of the field. He changes the way a team has to play offense because you're not going Darrell Revis' way that day. Um, so I think J.C. Horn is the answer there. But I just I fear that Jerry Jones may go offense. I won't love it. Yes, having Devontae Smith would be amazing. Add another weapon to the weapons that we have. But you got to go defense because I don't see us – I mean, it's cool if we can score 40 points, but you've seen it last year. Before Dak got hurt, we tried to go that route. Everybody, 30-plus. Look at look at Cleveland. Put up, what, almost 50. Put up, like, 48 points against us. If we trying to play those kind of games, you're never going to win a championship. And I'm not saying Dallas is up for a championship, but what I'm saying is you got to have the mentality. you got to be able to stop these hot quarterbacks that are going to the Super Bowl. In our own division, we got Tom Brady who is bound to go to another Super Bowl, brings back all his weapons. Then we got, you know, Patrick Mahomes. If you were to ever make it to a Super Bowl, you would be facing guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, Trevor Lawrence in the near future. Um, you know, we don't know what some of these guys, Deshaun Watson. There's so many quarterbacks that you'd have to face, and if you can't stop those guys, you want to go for a touchdown-for-touchdown battle. I like some of those guys that outduel, you know, Dak Prescott and ultimately win a game. But, Chris, what do you think? What do you want to see from the Cowboys? Give me your hate, like what you would love to see as a Giants fan, and then, you know, give me your real take on, you You know how we do. You know, I would just love you guys to take, like, quarterback or 
something <laughs> stupid like that or the wide receiver. Um, I think it's cornerback. You gotta, it's gotta take a cornerback. It's gotta be a defense. You gotta work on the defensive side. Pass rusher. I don't know if those pass rushers gonna be. Uh, who's that? Who would be there at ten? That's worthy of being, you know, because there is a lot of pass rushers, but there's not like an elite. There isn't, you know, a, a, a blue chip uh, pass rusher in this class. There's some good ones, but just no, no, no blue chippers. You know, no Chase Young or all that. So. There's a few ways you can go, you know, um, it's got to be on a defensive side, you know, um, you guys could go, you know, you know, uh, cornerback, you know, safety, you know, you guys, you guys need defense. So, you know, uh, any one of the, the cornerbacks or tan, like you said, JC Horn, you know, um, you know, um, who's the other guy? Um, Farley, uh, Farley too. I know Farley has the back issues and he's kind of dropping, you know, he didn't play this year. He was another opt out guy. So there's a few ways you can go, but um, it has to be corner, you know, safety. You know, I don't know if, if um, Mulrick would be worthy of it, top 10 pick, but we've seen crazier things happen in the draft. We've seen some very, you know, so that wouldn't surprise me if, if they like him that much. You know, he's from Tech, you know, right there in Texas. So a few ways you can go, but, you know, um, Jerry likes big names. He likes that big names. He likes to splash. So I wouldn't be surprised if this Patrick's for 10. You know that, that if Patrick Sertan's there, that wouldn't surprise me. He loves names and all that. I like I said the Pitts thing. I think it call it would cost too much to move up the four to get Pitts because that's where you have to go to get Pitts. Um, so because I think at five Cincinnati would take Pitts if he were to drop, you know, to five for sure. I think they'll definitely take him. But the Cowboys, you know, got to get on defense. It, it, it's simple. It, you got to get some defensive help. Offense is fine. You guys don't, you know. Maybe, you know, uh, some offensive linemen because the guys are getting long in the tooth, but definitely got to work on defense. Yeah, 100%. And another guy, you know, before I let you go with that is Rashawn Slater. If he's available at 10, I will not be upset at all if we go Rashawn Slater. You know, we talk about on the network that we, we're in love with linemen. We're in love with the guys in the trenches. Um, But I would say, you know, Rashawn Slater – what has been our bread and butter having a A1 offensive line? You know, Zeke had his best years when our offensive line was youngish and healthy. So I would not be opposed to ultimately going Rashawn Slater if he's available at 10. But, Dad, what do you think the Cowboys should be looking at? They have to go defense. But you know Jerry Jones. He likes money. He likes box office. He likes ratings. And like uh, Chris said, he likes names. But if he goes offense, they need they might need to – get him up out of there. I don't know how they can because he runs everything, but that would be a huge mistake. I, I think they have to go corner. I wouldn't be – I'd be okay with Slater because Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, which are – they're great players, but they're they're not available. So, um, But I, I'd go defense. Trayvon Diggs, even though he got beat a lot, I like him. I think he has some dog in him, and I think he'll get better over the years. Like, he take, he's a clue in co- uh, corner. He takes a lot of chances, and I'm okay with that. But I'd go, I'd go J.C. Horn. Or I just go the best available defensive player. I don't think you guys need uh, Michael Parsons because Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, even though they struggle, they're good young linebackers and they're still very young. Like don't give on, don't give up on them after one back. Yeah, year. yeah. Plus they play so a lot of two linebacker sets anyway. You know that's yeah. the new wave anyway. So yeah, a lot of nickel. Um, I agree with you guys. I, I go corner or the best defensive player available. Horn or Sertan, whoever whoever's on the board, I'd go with. Um, that's. I think you only have two options, cornerback or O-line. Yeah, I mean, I'm more of a horn over Sertan guy, and it's not a knock on Sertan. I think they're 1A and 1B. I just have J.C. Horn at 1A, and my biggest fear is I think I look within the division. I think Philly going to get whoever we don't get if we do go, you know, uh, corner, and I want to go they're with They're the wild card team and everything. Philly, because yeah. they can surprise people and – and go take a quarterback or trade up. Like, they're the real wild card team. But yeah. they have to go receiver. They have no weapons. I don't know why. Yeah, they need yeah. a wild But they messed up last year because I remember talking to our guy, uh, Brooklyn uh, Says, and he's an Eagles fan. And we were like, oh, it's got to be Justin Jefferson. Like, that's that's who I mocked the Eagles. It's Justin Jefferson. And then they take Jalen Reagan. It just didn't make sense why that's, they did that. I mean, I, mean, I felt like that was the wild. Like, you know, uh, and I know they were real interested in trading up for C.D. Lamb. I think they tried to trade with Atlanta. Because it looked like Atlanta wasn't taking a receiver. C.D. Lamb was sitting on the board. 
but they're they're asking price, you know, for for Philly to move up and be able to take CeeDee Lamb so he wouldn't fall to Dallas was kind of high. So, but I mean, you know, enough about Dallas. But we were talking Dallas Cowboys, and we were talking about one player. So that leads us into our next segment, Kyle Pitts. Uh, he's an amazing player, first off. He's probably the best player not named Trevor Lawrence, and it's possible he's the best player, including Trevor Lawrence. In this draft, I think he's the most dynamic when we look at the fact that, yes, his position title is tight end, but... You know, um, I want to give a shout out to our guy, Steven, because he's been preaching this. If you go and do redrafts right now and you look at when tra everybody talks about these tight ends. Oh, you know, they get you found Travis Kelsey in the second round. I think George Kittle was in like the third round. But the biggest thing is, if you go do a, re do a redraft right now, Travis Kelsey, top five pick. George Kittle, top 10 pick in their respective drafts. If you did a redraft based on where their careers went now. So I think Kyle Pitts, the question is, wherever Kyle Pitts gets drafted, will it be considered too high? Right now it looks like tomorrow we'll be seeing him in a Falcons uniform unless the Falcons trade out of number four, which could be smart, especially for a team that's looking for a quarterback. Your asking price for that number four pick could be very high. But in your opinion, that will Kyle Pitts at number four, will that be too high for Kyle Pitts? Not at all. He's a generational talent. Uh, he's you don't see too many guys like him. My comps for him, I think back in the day, he's he was like kind of like a Sharon, Shannon Sharp, more explosive. Uh, Darren Waller, or even Evan Ingram in his big like the potential Evan Ingram has. They have the same type of potential. Evan Ingram just didn't fulfill it yet, but he's running a four four six at tight end. He's a he's a matchup nightmare waiting to happen. No. After you see how these dominate, uh, these tight ends dominate the league, and after you see, even though Darren Waller was a late bloomer, he's dominating. Like nobody can guard him, even though the Raiders aren't the best team. He's not too high. Uh, he can do everything. He can line up outside. He doesn't have to always have his hand in the dirt. He can do. He can do it all. He had twelve touchdowns in eight games. He's just. He's one of those once in a every ten year prospects. So no, not too high. And if the Falcons get him, watch out because Arthur Smith loves throwing to his tight ends, and John Smith had a career year with him in Tennessee. So no, he's not too high. And I agree with what you said. He might be the best player in the draft, including Trevor Lawrence, when it's all said and done. So, no, not at all. Yeah, Chris, uh, what, do, what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't think number four would be too high. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I thought the Jets might have shot for him and kept Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, I think uh, obviously before San Francisco traded up, <clears throat> you know, with uh, Miami, Thought there was a possibility he landed there in Miami. So I think, you know, a lot of mocks pre all these move-ups and trades, obviously you give up that much for a quarterback. We had, we we could have seen Kyle Pitts in a Jets uniform. We all could have pictured Kyle Pitts in a Miami Dolphins uniform. But wherever he lands, we're all pretty much figuring he lands in the top five. Is it too high? Is is it considered too high? Nope. That's simple. He's... he's <laughs> He's like you said. He's not just a tight end. Like he's he's a he's a pass catcher. Like he, you don't need him to block. I know people are like, oh, he can't block. Really? He's not a good blocker. I was like, who cares? Who cares? Is Kelsey a great inline blocker? Is Dan Waller a good inline blocker? I don't. You know, this isn't the the 2000s where you want your guy to do you know be a blocker. You know, the Kyle Brady's go top ten to be a blocking tight end. No, this guy's a receiver. He could catch people like, oh, well, can he separate? Yes, he can. He showed it his last year. He could separate from receivers, from DBs. You know, he runs a four four. He runs a four four. Brad, like... you said what? Four four six. Yeah, four four and six. Be, and that was this thing. People were like, well, maybe he's slow. Oh, then he runs four four six. So at what his is size, like at, at his, his size. size, he can he's run what, routes. Six seven, six six, yeah. six seven, six two forty five. You say he was a, like two forty five. Exactly. I just, I don't see floor. Listen, we could be wrong in the, in a few years and, and, you know, just overrate them. But just looking at, watching the games we wa I watched this year with Florida and, and just saying, like, yo, he, he stood out to me. He stands out. He's special. He's a special talent. If, if the Jets would have stuck with the plan to keep Darnold, I wouldn't be surprised if they take him at two. That gives him that would Darnold would have been doing jumping jacks if they got pits. He automatically would be, you know, wide receiver number one, no matter mm -hmm. 
You can move him in and out. You know, we could play him in the slot. You could play him at the act. Like, this is so much you could do with Kyle Pitts. Like, it, he's a matchup nightmare. And we've seen it with today's tight end. Like, you said, like Dad said before, like Darren Waller. Like, look at what look at what the Raiders do with Darren Waller. They move him all over the field. He's, he killed it this year, Darren Waller. Seen it with Kelsey. Like, Engram has moments where, you know, you know, where he's has special because he's because Engram's fast and all that, and he he's built like Pitts. So, I think Pitts is special. I think the Falcons, yeah, they have a lot of needs. The Falcons, especially on the other side of the ball, but Pitts, Julio, you know, uh, who's the other kid they have? Uh, the wide receiver they have, Calvin, um, Ridley. Calvin he's a number Ridley. one too. He's a number like they got three number ones. I know they may trade Julio, and now you know. I don't know how those true those rumors are, but if they keep all three, you know, Matt Ryan could play for another four years at a high level. And uh, but um man, he he's special. It, it's simple. He he is a special talent, you know, that to me he's the top receiver in this class, you know, period. Like he's the top receiver in this class. He's special. Top five is, you know, he deserves to be top five. If it wasn't for the quarterbacks to get you know, be top three. We'd be talking about it maybe at two, like sets of the Jets. So he he's special, man. I mean, he every game you watch. I mean, even he grades out. Even if you go on PFF, his grades are uh, eighty five and up. Like he just grades out so good. He he's just a special talent. No true weakness. Uh, he's special. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun to watch him. I wish the Giants could go get him. You know, but obviously that's not gonna happen. But you know, um, he's special, man. Yeah, like he'd be the guy that if we went offense and we got Kyle Pitts. I'm okay. Like, he's the exception to my, we need a corner. But if we go and get Kyle Pitts, especially looking at, we don't really need another receiver, but he would be a tight end slash receiver. You could use him in so many different ways. And I look at, you know, we named him Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Mike Jacecki over there in Miami. We look at how these guys are used, and it's like they can line up outside. They can line up in the slot and become a mismatch problem for you know, a nickel corner because of their size or a linebacker because of their speed and athleticism, they become a, a mismatch nightmare. So I think, you know, he's rightfully going to go in the top five. Um, definitely not too high. I think when we look back five years from now, we could be saying he should have been the number one pick. We could be saying, you know, you do a redraft. And I think you'll look at the problems that, you know, there will still be an upgrade of Trevor Lawrence. I think his performance compared to, what Minshew would have done with a Kyle Pitts, I still think Lawrence will probably end up staying one. But I think, like, we'll be looking at the Jets like, man, you would have been better off keeping Sam Darnold and giving him a Kyle Pitts to throw to. Or Miami, you'd be like, man, you you know, unless they end up with a Jamar Chase, you know, then it's very possible that not a lot of people will really care that Miami traded back. But you might be looking like, man, you could have kept the number three pick and got Kyle Pitts, the, you know, the guy who ended up being the best player in the draft. Yeah, no drops last year. And, 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 and I want to factor, you know, before we move on, I want to factor, look who is throwing him the ball. There's five quarterbacks expected to be taken in the first round, and not one of them is named Kyle Trask. You, get, you imagine Kyle Pitts and Clemson catching balls from Trevor Lawrence. You imagine him at Ohio State catching balls from Justin Fields. He wowed the whole world with Kyle Trask at his, as quarterback. Um, put him with one Mac Jones. Put him in Alabama with Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and Mac Jones throwing the ball. I'm not high on Mac Jones, but I'm just saying, you put him with one of these top five, put him at North Dakota State over there with Trey Lance, and imagine what they would have did. You know, probably the greatest tandem in, in small-time small football. Like, he's just that good. I think he's going to end up being just that good. And you heard it himself. He had to sit down with Shannon Sharp. He's chasing to be the greatest tight end of all time. So he has some drive. He has some goals. He's not going in there on his high horse. He's shooting for the stars, and I hope he gets there. You know, especially with the usage of tight ends, we're looking at some of the greatest tight ends of all time, and we talk about Tony Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp and obviously Rob Gronkowski. But then you have Travis Kelsey, who first seven years, over 1,000 yards every year, a record at tight end position. So we're looking at the usage of tight ends, and it's not about blocking. It's about catching the ball. Guys like Tony Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp, I'm sure they wish they could play in this era with what they could do back then and how deadly they were as tight ends back then. Imagine them right now. Like, they, it would have been ridiculous. I, I know they wish they could have caught, you know, been targeted the way tight ends are targeted now. Travis Kelsey, what, third in the he league in receiving yards. Yeah. 
getting 100 catches. He's yeah, third in the league in receiving yards as a tight end. George Kittle, I know he was banged up this year, but when he was on the field, he was electric. Like, he was electrifying. He changed the dynamic of San Francisco's offense. I think Kyle Pitts will do the same thing no matter where he goes, whether it be Atlanta, Cincinnati, or Miami, because I don't think he falls past six, you know, to Miami. So, you know, let's move on. Quarterbacks, we haven't talked too much. Let's let's you can't talk 2021 NFL draft without talking quarterbacks. So, Chris, I'm gonna start with you. Quarterback with the best career. Who is it? Oh man. I'm gonna say Lawrence simply because I know where he's going. Um, and the situation isn't as bad as, you know, with, with Zach with Zach going to the Jets, where it's still it could be it could be Darnold all over again because they still don't have a lot of weapons. So and I you know is Mac Jones going to the 49ers? That smokescreen is it? Is it Trey Lance? I'm here, Trey Lance now. You know, other quarterback. It all depends where the we all know. It all depends where you go, right? If we see Justin Fields go to the Patriots or even the Panthers, you know maybe you know but. I'm gonna go with Lawrence right now. You know, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be put in a good situation. You got Urban Meyer there. You know, they're gonna put him in the best situation to win. You know, um, and I think they could turn around quicker than any of those other teams. It, maybe if Mac Jones, whoever the also the, whoever the quarterback goes to San Francisco is gonna be in a good spot too. You know, but I don't know who that quarterback is, so I can't say. You know, um, you could say you know whoever that quarterback is. I don't know which one, but I'm gonna go with Lawrence. I think Lawrence could be, you know, obviously the savior for that Jaguars, but he could potentially be the face of the league, you know, uh, um, be a special player. So I, I'm going to go with, with, with Trevor Lawrence. But um, whoever that San Francisco quarterback is, if, it, if it's Lance, uh, maybe not Lance because Lance needs a little bit of work. He's going to be time. But if Mac Jones could, could you know, simply because he's going to have a good situation, he's going to have immediate impact players to work with, you know, uh, tight end, you know, one of the best tight ends in the league. You know, so whoever gets that, if it's Fields, I mean, that's a good spot. But right, I, I'm going to go Lawrence simply because I know where he's going to go. And and uh, and with Zach Wilson, is, he's going to the Jets. <laughs> Let's just... that, that QB whisper, that. Take your bias cap off for a second, because I know who you hope has the best career. What quarterback with the best career? Who, who's the I quarterback with, with the best career? Bias or not, I agree with Chris 100%. I just think it's Trevor Lawrence simply because he's a winner. Uh, he's only had six L's in his career, like including high school and college. So that says it right there. Um, he's just going to be one of those. He, I think he wants to. He wants the challenge of taking over this franchise and losing franchise for the most part and being that guy that turns it around like the Peyton Manning for the Colts, the John Elway for the uh, Broncos. You know, the Colts weren't really any good before Peyton Manning. His rookie year wasn't good, but from that second year on, they were 12-4, and four, maybe at the least, a playoff contending team until they ran into the Patriots, of course. But I just think he's going to be that guy that turns around the uh, franchise, and he's just going to be the savior, uh, hopefully a future Hall of Famer for us. But the San Francisco situation is tricky because even though Mac Jones is not my – third best QB on my board. I think Kyle Shanahan, whoever he gets, if it's Justin Field, you need to look out because all the, throughout the years, he's just, he's changed quarterbacks and he's helped them have their best years. Like Matt Schaub, RG3, quarterbacks that aren't the best, but when they were under his coaching, he got the best out of them. So I think that's whoever why, he gets, yeah. That's why I don't think it's Mac Jones. That's why you I don't know, think it's Mac Jones. I whoever think, he gets, he's going to get the best out of them. I don't and think with, it's Mac Jones. It's, it's tough. We'll see though. But I agree with Chris, pretty much the same thing. Whoever Kyle Shanahan, I'm going with Lawrence, but whoever Kyle Shanahan gets his hands on, if he gets it on, I know they're not taking fields. I think that's a foregone conclusion, but I think he can, he'll elevate whoever he gets. Whatever quarterback he gets, he's going to elevate their career times too, more than any other team would. And I think the Broncos is a decent fit because they have weapons. Like Fant, Judy, and Sutton are some good players. So it's tricky. I'm I'm sticking with my guy, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, well – you know, I told you to take the bias cap off because I'm not a guy who can. Uh, I'm going Justin Fields. I, I just – I have to. And the reason why, first off, he's the second-best quarterback in this draft. So and, – and he's not far behind Trevor Lawrence. I, we can pick apart his two games, and that's cool. You know, we could talk about the Indiana game and the Northwestern game. You know, we don't discuss that, though. Like, we've been guys – all three of us have given Justin Fields his flowers, and we're wondering, like, 
the other half of the you know sports world why is justin fields dropping like it can't be two games it has to be deeper than that i know we've seen he battles with you know epilepsy but at the same time you know there's been some nfl players who've come out and said they played their whole career he's managed it up to this point i know one hit in the head could change the game but but one hit in the head could change the game for anybody it could take anybody out i don't care who it is i don't care how healthy you are how strong you are one headshot can can in anybody's career in this league. And I just, he's not that far behind Trevor Lawrence. Like, I know Trevor Lawrence was, you know, sunshine coming in. Obviously, what he did his freshman year was amazing. I mean, if it wasn't for Joe Burrow doing what he did and having, you know, Trevor Lawrence after missing a couple, not missing a couple games, but being the backup a couple games to Kelly Bryant, if I'm not mistaken, ultimately took – you know, took over that starting role and won the national championship. <laughs> you mean Kelly yeah, Bryant made him transfer. <laughs> he, he comes into Clemson. They were winning games, but it wasn't, you know, good enough for Dabo. They were struggling offensively. He comes in and he dominates a Nick Saban's defense, takes them all the way out the game. And, and But I just – did Trevor Lawrence get that much better? You know, and I know the, the thing is he played so great. It's hard to top that when your first look – the first look at a player was amazing. It's hard to top that. You know, some of these quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, the expectation is if he doesn't play, you know, as great his second year or better, oh, he's taking a step back. But there's also such thing as that sophomore slump. But I just think Justin Fields, it's not as big a gap to me. And I, obviously, I've watched every Ohio State game. I've watched every Clemson game. I watched both games when Ohio State played Clemson. Outside of that interception at the end of, you know, the semifinal, Justin Fields outperformed Trevor Lawrence both times. We know what he did last year to take Ohio State to the national championship. And everybody, oh, we didn't deserve it. And Dabo stands by that to this day. But Justin Fields came out there, 300 some yards, six touchdowns, what, one pick? And it was, you know, like a BS pick, one of those. It didn't matter. It was irrelevant. The one pick was pretty much irrelevant. Came through and ran through Clemson. He's outplayed Trevor Lawrence in both performances. It's not like Clemson had a, a way less talented team than Ohio State offensively or defensively, especially this last year. You know, their defense was about the same, really was questionable. So I, I just see, and I see him, if he goes to San Francisco, maybe they smoke screen and they get in Justin Fields. And like you said, him with Kyle Shanahan, he's going to get the best. And if to me, if Justin Fields is right behind Trevor Lawrence, and we think Kyle Shanahan going to get the best out of Justin Fields, and it's not that big of a gap, who's going to end up being the better player? We don't know what Urban Meyer is going to do as a coach. We know how great of an offensive mind he is, but is it going to translate to the NFL? That's the question. We know how talented Trevor Lawrence is, but is that college mindset going to translate over to the NFL? I think that's a bigger question than how talented Trevor Lawrence is going to be and how good he's going to, great he's going to be in the NFL. I think it's... Does his play caller, does Urban Meyer, does his college philosophy translate over to the NFL? Where we look, and it looks like Justin Fields, what, San Francisco, if not San Francisco, high possibility he ends up in New England. I mean, we know Bill Belichick ain't staying down for too long. And so if he thinks Justin Fields is his guy, he's got big shoes to fill. I'm not saying he, he steps right in and fills Tom Brady's shoes. I don't think nobody ever does that in this lifetime or the next we never going to see what Tom Brady did. we never going to see a quarterback win seven Super Bowls. I'm sorry. I love Patrick Mahomes, but for him to be the GOAT, he's going to have to do a lot more because he's not winning seven Super Bowls. It's just getting too talented. But I think that will work perfect. Josh McDaniels, you know, he's a smart quarterback. So I know how confusing or how that system can be very complicated for quarterbacks. I know quarterbacks have said, and you know other players, Chad Ochocinco has spoke on it. Fred Taylor has spoke on it. Guys who, that Randy Monster spoke on it. That time in New England, you know, that could get very complicated. But I just think that Justin Fields going to end up being the best. I think he's going to be in the best situation. The farther he drops, the better of a winning team he goes to when you really look at it. Like you said, Denver wouldn't be a bad place. I know they just got Teddy Bridgewater. They got Drew Locke. But maybe they think, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is their bridge quarterback. They move on. Uh, move off of Drew Locke and ultimately a raising Justin Fields for a year or two, kind of like Green Bay planned on doing with Jordan Love, exactly like Green Bay did, you know, switching, you know, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. 
So I just think he's going to end up being, you know, we talk about Denver and their weapons. We talk about New England and their culture, their winning culture. I know it's tough when Tom Brady leaves to ultimately, you know, Gronk retired and, and obviously came back. Edelman's banged up. Like, there's so many excuses we can have for New England. But I just look at where Justin Fields could land. It could be very dangerous, whether it's with Kyle Shanahan or whether it's with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick over there in New England. Or whether it's in Denver where at least he's surrounded with some weapons. You can improve the offensive line. So I, I got to go with my guy, Justin Fields. I got to stick ho- as a homer, you know, big Buckeyes fan. So I'm going with Justin Fields. Any final thoughts on, on who ends up being the best quarterback? Uh, no, I just feel like it's Trevor Lawrence for a lot of reasons, and I just feel like he gets the best of everybody, um, all his players. This year at Clemson, the other years he had some talent, but – this year, I don't think his receiving core was the best. He turned Cornell Powell into a monster and Amari Rodgers, which is, was a decent player, but he didn't have what he had in the past years. You know, the T. Higgins and the, those other guys. And Justin Ross was hurt. So I just think even though he's going to have DJ Chark, Chanel, and Marvin Jones, he's just going to get the best out of his guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree, but I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm, I'm going Justin Fields. Sure? I have to. So let's move on. Our final topic. The most underrated first round prospect. We talk we, we know how much love these quarterbacks are getting. Um, you know, whether we find any other quarterbacks underrated, but I kinda wanna move off the quarterbacks and just Chris, we'll start with you. Who's the first round prospect that you just buying a lot of stock in that's not really getting a lot of love? I'm gonna be a little bit biased here too, and go with my guy Jalen Phillips from the Miami. People forget he was the number one recruit coming out of high school when he chose UCLA. Had some injuries, had a medical, you know, he actually retired. The medical, you know, he, he had a medical retirement. Um, transferred to Miami. He had a really good year in Miami. And I'm not just saying it because of it. He, you watch his tape, he pops every play. And he could play, you know, he could play in the interior. He could play outside. His pass rushing skills are getting better. He's great run stopper. To me, the potential for him is just great. Obviously, the medical is going to scare teams away. So that stops him from being top 10, top 15 maybe. Is People are going to be scared of the medicals. And that's I'm sure that's exactly what he's getting. Every interview is about the medicals, what happened at UCLA, all that stuff, you know, all that. His, his passion, his drive. Because that was another thing is people question, does he care more about his, his rap game than his football game? Even I saw it on social media. I see him. Oh, he's posting more about his rap game, but obviously we know that could be overrated. You know, uh, you know that's just what he enjoys. But he came in, he balled out. Like with Russo out, or Greg, because Gregory Russo was supposed to be the dude, right? You know, he was only he only had one less sack than Chase Young the year before, fifteen and a half sacks. You know, Chase had sixteen and a half, and then they got Quincy Roche. They got him from Temple, the transfer from Temple. You know, so they had a great one-two punch. You know, Roche and Phillips. I think Jalen Phillips, you know, his potential is even greater because this is essentially his first full year playing football. And he's shown everything to, you know, that he can be an an elite prospect. And like a lot of people have said, if it wasn't for the medicals, dude would be the number one defensive player coming in the top 10. So for me, Jalen Phillips is my guy. I, I love his game. To me, he is the top uh defense you know edge rusher in this class uh, i think he could be really special with with a high upside because like i said didn't get the you know didn't play much his first couple of years at UCLA, ucla and had a monster monster year uh in his only year in miami so for me it may be a homer but i absolutely i, I absolutely love jm phillips so that that's my guy yeah i mean i understand like you said he's not getting a lot of love that what do you think i like it uh Jalen phillips i think we talked about it last week he's I think he's the best. He's the most raw and the best pass rusher in the draft. He dom- I think he dominated this year. You know, some people, when they go to college, they go through some tough times. He needed to clear his head, you know, move all the way across the country and get his mind right. And that's what he did. And I think he's going to cash in. And those raw guys, you just got to – those guys with potential like that, you never know what you're going to get out of them. But his upside is crazy. So, I, I agree. I definitely agree. And as a Florida State fan – even though we got dominated, we've been getting dominated by Miami for the past couple of years, but he, uh, he stood out when we played them this year. Again. It's about time, Thad, because y'all owned the yeah. football like eight straight years. Man, it was rough. I mean, it's rough being a Miami fan. No, nah, I've definitely guys. been spoiled. Florida State hadn't had a bad team in my lifetime until 2018 uh, till now. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
it's tough, especially when, we, you know, I made it tougher on us by talking about first-round prospects. Uh, uh, any of these guys that are expected to go the first round really underrated. But then you find that Jalen Phillips, who he, he might drop a little bit, and you look at his production, and then you're like, nah, he, he, he can't drop. But I'm going to go to Chris's point, and I'm going to go to other defensive end over there in Miami. I think he's flying under the radar and Gregory Russo, and the reason I say that, Chris brought up the stat. The same stat that had, we know how dominant, and, and throw this into another one of the episodes that you're not going to be able to find where Mo brings up an Ohio State player. Uh, but, you know, Chase Young had 16 and a half, one more sack than Gregory Russo two years ago. Chase Young goes number two in the draft. He he's a generational talent at defensive end. He he comes from the school that what you know we we had the Bosa brothers. We had Chase Young. They produce defensive ends. And you looking at Miami and they got two in the same draft. They got Jalen Phillips. I know the medical is gonna scare him a little bit, but the man's a baller. And then Gregory Russo. He sat out this year, but we're seeing guys. You know we're seeing Jamar Chase. He's he started falling a little bit early in the process. Goes to his pro day, right back on the map. Everybody know who Jamar Chase was, even though he sat out this past year. Defensive end, it's a little bit harder to me to shine in a pro day outside of the skill positions. Like, you know, we look at, when we talk about pro days, we look at quarterbacks, wide receivers. And and really that's it. I mean, we might talk about the verticals of corners or if they're faster than we thought or one of these defensive ends like away. You know, uh, Jason Oway surprised us with their 40. Guy that size runs, what, a, a high 4-3. You know, but outside of that, it's the skill positions. It's the route runners that can impress us a lot. It's the it's the quarterbacks, obviously. That's the main focus on pro days is determining what quarterback you're going to take. Russo, I mean, we seen he, he's, he's physically dominant. It was in the ACC. It's not like it was in a weak conference. It's not like he's coming out of the big sky. You know, with 15 and a half sacks, he was just one of those guys that went to junior college or, you know, a transfer from a big D1 school, didn't get a lot of playing time and goes to the big sky and obviously dominates. He dominates, you know, at the ACC school, goes against, you know, like I said, cream of the crop football programs. We talk about Clemson. We talk about Florida State. Miami, even though they haven't, they're still relevant. They're still cream of the crop, you know, historically great school. So I, I just think Gregory Russo, I think both of those guys are really flying under the radar. We're talking about arguably the two best edge rushers in the draft, one and two. And neither one of them might get taken as the first edge rusher, especially, you know, we're considering these outside linebackers. They're like DN outside linebacker hybrid guys. You know, when we talk about uh, Owusa Kuomura from, you know, um, Notre Dame, he's like a hybrid guy, linebacker, you know, but he might play a little bit of edge rusher. Von Miller and guys like that kind of created this, you know, edge rusher, depending on what type of defense you play, linebacker kind of thing, with as dominant as he was. But I just think Gregory Russo, I look at if if I was so high on Chase Young coming into last year's draft, why would I not be so high on Gregory Russo? Basically, damn near did the same thing over there in the ACC. So I'm, I'm definitely going with – Gregory Russo, I think he's going to be really great. Uh, you know, like I say, he's arguably the best pass rusher, him or Jalen Phillips. I know they say Russo, he's another guy kind of raw. He's, he missed last year. So that's a he big He was a wide like, receiver. He was a wide receiver in high school. Yeah, so, I mean, position He's still change. developing as a, as a defensive end. Exactly. Like, people harp on him because even with the 15 and a half sacks, people like, well, he didn't go against the best tackles. He didn't um, – a lot of it was covered sacks. That's a lot of the sacks. Uh, a lot of his, you know, he doesn't have a lot of counter moves and all that, but I'm like, I still see the raw, but like if you, he's still learning how to be a defensive end and still was able to produce 15 and a half sacks last year. And he didn't have Jalen Phillips or Quincy Roche last year. So, you know, he's still a developer. I, I know he had a, a pro day. His pro day wasn't great, but like you said, defensive ends, I mean, it, it to me is the tape. You got to watch the tape. It's not like it's yeah. a quarterback where, you know, they're throwing a ball a receiver could catch the ball. Defensive ends, what are you going to do? You know, you know. I know he didn't bench press a lot. I know people question his strength and all that. But to me, this is still a guy who, you know, is going to drop, right? Because of the pro day. It's crazy how your pro day, you can, if you don't have a great pro day, you you can drop from being like, a Watch the film. Watch it, it, the film. 
Like, I know, and people even with the film, like, well, it's 15. It just seemed like he's been picked, nitpicked a lot. I know he missed the year, and a lot of these guys who didn't play this year, who opted out, are going to get nitpicked a lot. But it seems like he's getting nitpicked a lot. I mean, he could play, you know, he could play inside. He could play outside. He's a 4-3 defensive, you know, a 4-3, you know, type of player who could play inside. You know, uh, he might be better inside than he is outside. You know, uh, so even on a third down, you put him inside. You know he could do some damage against guards and all that. So to me, he's getting picked on a lot. But I think I think if you get him in the back end the first round, which which is a lot of people are saying he's going to be a back end the first round, which is crazy. You know, in my opinion. But you know, you're going to get a good player. He's going to be on a good team. You know, the Steelers. I mean, that could be potential. I mean, he'd be great with the Steelers. So I think someone's going to get a good player, Russo, with hot another guy with high upside because he's still he he was a receiver in high school <laughs> like. Like, uh, and he didn't play his freshman year. He got hurt his freshman year, you know, so he has that tape from the sophomore year. So I think uh, sky's the limit with him. Uh, someone gets him and they know how to play him and use him, he could be special. Yeah, 100%. So, fellas, this this wraps up, you know, our final thoughts on the NFL draft. Uh, this was a great show. Able to talk a lot of football. Able to be able to talk our teams, which was great. Talk about Kyle Pitts, you know, quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, I always start the show giving y'all introduction. I end the show with y'all plugging, you know, all your social media and your podcast. So, Thad, I'm going to start with you. Go ahead, bro. To me, uh, I, you skipped me on accident. I got to add my person there. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Yeah. Somebody had mentioned it in the chat already, um, but I, my guy is Caleb Farley. He's another medical guy. Uh, he has the side, the speed, the quickness. He ran, uh, he's 6'2", and he ran a 4'2", 8". Uh, he's a physical man coverage type guy, which is what they do in the league. They run a lot of man coverage. And in 2019, his best season, um, he led all Power 5 DBs in passer rating when targeting. So I think he's one of those guys, and, you know, the medical's making him drop. And he's also very, very raw. If y'all didn't know, he came to Virginia Tech as a receiver, and he switched to cornerback in 2018. So he's only played two years of his life at cornerback. So he's one of those guys I feel like with the right coaching, he can be a dog. So that that's my sleeper. And I think without the back, and if he played this year and didn't opt out, I think he'd be right up there with Horn and Parsons. I wouldn't be – I like Parsons and – I mean, not Parsons, he's uh, Sertan and Horn, but I think he could ultimately have the, the best career if he gets the right coach and ends up in the right system. So that's my guy, Caleb Farley. He's healthy. He'll be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible, you know, injuries scare anybody uh, coming into the draft if you, you had an offseason surgery – before you're able even to perform, it's like you could go year one, get hurt, and, and they're all in on you. But you you come into the draft and you're going to be ready by the season. You know, they're, they're scared because, I mean, the draft is an investment, especially when we talk about the first round. You you got to hit on first round picks because uh, you expect your first round guy, you, you expect the first player taken off the board for your team. You expect them to pretty much be instant day one starters, instant day one, you know, impact players. I think, you know, it's said that Caleb Farley will be – be there ready for camp. So I wouldn't hesitate if you're in love with Farley, you know, as a team, go ahead and get him. So now, you know, my bad that I didn't mean to skip over you. I thought yeah, we had covered, uh, but you know, now we go, we'll end the show. I think, you know, Dad, I think he did that. Cause you said, uh, uh Lawrence is going to be better than field. That's why. I think he did that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I let my bias. I had to skip over him real quick, but fellas, now we'll close out the show and food for thought this time tomorrow. Bro, we will be, you know, shout out to Cruz. You catch us on the Off the Ball Network, you know, uh, draft party show that we're going to be putting on live draft reactions. Uh, this time tomorrow, we will be live covering the NFL draft. You'll have all your coverage, all your reactions to, you know, all the first round picks. Tomorrow night is going to be a great night. The draft will be going at this time tomorrow. So now that thank you for coming on the show, bro. Give your social media plugs. The floor is yours. Yeah, once again, appreciate it, man. I'm, I I enjoy always coming on with you guys. But you can su subscribe to me and Jelani's podcast at What the Game Means to Me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, you know, we're just getting started, but we're going to keep coming to you guys with a lot more content and only getting better. Yeah, new Shout logo. Out to Shout out to Off the Ball for sure. Yeah, brand new logo. Go check out my guys. That been a home run hitter uh, ever since he's linked with Jelani. And obviously, you know, we couldn't let him link with Jelani and not lure him over here to Off the Ball Network. Chris, the man with the plan, the president, the guy that's put this great team together. The floor is yours, bro. 
like I said, I felt like Pat Riley with all this talent, man. Like, scooping <laughs> up, guys, you know. But, uh, yeah, uh, like I said, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate you, brother. Always always fun chopping up with you guys. Um, but you can find me off the bull pod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. Um, I'm always, like, like usual, go uh, check out offtheballnetwork.com for your sports. Um, check out, you know, OTB underscore on Twitter. Facebook. Uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in on, on that. And uh, like I said, it's always fun to uh, chop it up. You guys also uh, catch up um, off the ball uh, podcast on Dash Radio every Monday. I got a betting show too. Um, I'm not going to be able to put it out this week because uh, I forgot to uh, unmute my uh, button. It still bothers me. I can't believe I did that. So <laughs> you, I have uh, nothing but bets uh, on every Thursday with uh, my guy, uh, Patrick Graham, say it out loud sports. Uh, we do that every week. Um, but this week we're going to take a, we're going to have a bye week. We're going to need, we got to, we got to get back to the lab and figure out what the heck went wrong. So, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, appreciate you guys as always. And drafts going to be exciting tomorrow. Can't wait for the giants to mess it up. So, uh, look forward to it. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I can't wait for Dallas to end up messing it up, but y'all know where to find me. Um, you know, y'all know where to find me at upper flames pot. On Twitter, Instagram, I got a little sidetracked by this uh, ridiculous comment right here by my guy, James Garner Jr. Uh, I'm going to put his middle name out once LeBron win the, win the NBA Finals. He already know what's coming. But, yeah, go follow me at Up at Flames Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Mo underscore Cheese 15. On Twitter, Instagram for my personal account. Go to OffTheBallNetwork.com for all your sports needs um, and content. We got articles, we got podcasts, we got, you know, draft coverage. We got live draft coverage. Once again, tomorrow at the start of the NFL draft, we'll be having live draft coverage uh, brought to you by OffTheBallNetwork.com, hosted by our man Cruz Island, Rob Cruz of the Football and Chill Podcast. He will be hosting the whole show alongside Couch Coach Live. Tune in with all the guys to be able to watch and hear our live reaction Guys will be coming in and out, everybody from the network. you get to meet some of the new acquisitions and a great group of guys. But like I said, on that note, Up in Flames is out.